Somebody will say like, wait, we're shrimp, we're plain shrimp. I have the no explanation, no point. But it's all hard, but cosmic and consciousness. Oh, yeah. Come out to take All right, Flixsters, welcome to another episode of the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and I have two very special guests joining me for a double feature for this episode that I'm very excited about, and I'm going to introduce you co-hosts in just a couple seconds, but before I do, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cult Film Comp, C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. And please check us out at the Blind Knowledge Creative Collective at www.blindknowledge.com, which is a great website to check out podcasts and videocasts from around the world that uh, discuss topics that you will find nowhere else. So check out Blind Knowledge today. And we are a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio uh, audio app for iOS and Android that captures the latest trending articles based on topics that you choose to follow and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Download and use Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me. And please use the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M. Cult film. Drop the I. Pop in a one. And get a month free of Newsly's premium service courtesy of us. With all that hot dogging and grandstanding out of the way, I want to welcome back to the show, live and in studio... Kyle. Hey, how's it going, guys? Kyle, please tell us about your YouTube channel and your YouTube videos and where we can find them because I like this concept a great deal. Yeah, so um, you can check me out on YouTube. Uh, my channel is called Watch With Me, and basically I react to movies that most people have seen and that I haven't seen for the first time, so I'll try to see something like, for example, I, I just saw Rambo First Blood like eight months ago. And that's a pretty big deal. And these are movies I kind of want to see before I die. So it's kind of like you reliving that moment when you first saw it through my eyes. So That's actually not a bad name for your show. Movies I want to see before I die. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a good idea. And, of course, my co-host extraordinaire, Andrew. Hello. Good How to be doing? here. I'm good. I'm excited. You're excited. I'm excited. Kyle's excited. Well, at least Heck yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. stoked. All right. Great. We are talking Suspiria, and we are talking both versions of Suspiria. And I say both versions because I want to make it very, very clear right from the get-go that the original 1977 classic from The Godfather of Giallo, Dario Gento, is one of my favorite movies. Dario Gento's always been a director since... I got into him that I've, I I have loved, and Suspiria is one of my favorites. Definitely not my favorite, but it's in my top five of Dario Gento's movies. 
Now, the original Suspiria was a huge success, not only in the U.S., but also uh, primarily in Dario Argento's homeland of Italy. The original Suspiria, which was released on February 1st, 1977, grossed in Italy $1.43 billion. Mm. Now, that is huge. Yeah. And yeah, it grossed incredible. $1.8 million in the U.S. Wow. Mm. Now, this is it's the same year as Star Wars came out. Both were released by 20th Century Fox, too. So That's saying something. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, for, for those of us on this side of the pond, Dario Argento, this is probably one of his best well-known movies, but in Europe and particularly in Italy, he is just held in such high regard as such a um i w- i would say uh i i don't want to give him too much praise to say that he's kind of like a spielberg but i would say that he probably has the popularity that uh brian de palma had here mm-hmm. argento had in italy it's a good way and, to put it and yeah. their their movies are 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 similar because they're both they're uh, both of them use uh, very very um, unique visuals yeah. for their mm. stories highly and, stylized yep. highly stylized right and they were both um, heavily influenced by Hitchcock mm. um, yep. Yep. T- actually Argento has a film called uh, Do You Like Hitchcock. Does he really? No, yes. I didn't. Uh, wow. I didn't know that either. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the title's probably the best thing about that movie. Okay. Uh, unfortunately. Oh, man. Unfortunately. Oh, no. What's your, what's, your, what's your favorite Argento movie? Deep Red. Yeah. De- okay. I like Deep and Red. And I haven't even I've, seen that. I've seen Deep, Deep Red. Red. I got it. Yeah. Really, really good. I also, um, ever since I went back to revisit some of his earlier work, his earlier Jalo films, um, they have such unique titles that I, I don't even want to say them, but there's something about a cat. There's yep. something about flies. Yep. Um, yep. And that, and this was after this was after Bird with Crystal Plumage, which were part which was for the whole giallo uh, genre, right. basically. And, and giallo, for those of you who don't know, uh, is the Italian word for yellow, and it comes from these pulp novels that were uh, published on the cheap. Hence, the paper was yellow, and the covers, uh, yeah, yeah, paperbacks, right? Yep. Um, very, very uh, psychologically uh, thriller-driven uh, novels, uh, very, very violent and kind uh, of a mystery as well, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, but they were also very kind of based in uh, realism, which early Argento is, and then he started to branch out into supernatural horror. And talking about supernatural horror, we're talking about Suspiria, which deals with. Uh, a coven of witches that mm-hmm. uh, kind of hides their evil um, tactics within the confines of uh, in the original in a ballet uh, company and in the I'm not going to say remake because it's very much uh, a reinter- reinterpretation yeah. basically and I t- and I, I read some of uh, the the new version I'll just say the new version of uh, that came out in 2018 was very much he described the director came right out and said, "I'm not doing a remake. I'm doing an homage." Okay, mm. which I think is um, for those of you who have seen both versions, it's it's that's a very apt 
description. I don't think so. I don't think it's an homage at all. I think it's not a completely mm. different movie. Yeah, like not even. Yeah, because it's more hint, on the outside. I was going to say like there's a lot of hint at Argento, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about that. There, there seemed to be a period of time where horror remakes were just coming out every other yep. month. Oh, sure. And for the most part. They were very much a cookie cutter version like of carbon the original. copy. Yeah, yeah, um, just with a different cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm thinking of uh, my bloody Valentine. Bloody Valentine. Yeah, that's one. What, um, Lots of them. The Nightmare on Elm Street one. Sure. The Hitcher. Yep. Sure. The Hitcher. Yep. The Hitcher. Is pretty, much, yeah. is pretty much the same movie, just with different actors. Okay. Like, it's almost. And of course, there's. I mean, if you want to go to the ultimate example, uh, Gus Van Zant pretty much remaking Psycho shot for shot. Which was an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Which was an experiment. And it's that... not even really shot by shot. It's it not. No, it's not. Yes. I watched it. I've watched I watched the original and then I watched his. Wasn't the crazy it wasn't, it wasn't so it wasn't completely shot by shot. He added in a scene of uh no, um, but even, Vince Vaughn masturbating which is completely unnecessary. Whoa. Well, but that's but that's <laughs> I, I mean and there were other elements that he interjected as well, but it does okay. it does stray from being a complete storyboard shot by shot Hitchcock uh premise. So, uh that that that'll be a story for a different day. And okay. eventually we will get to Gus Van Zandt, but I'm sure it won't be psycho on this show. Right. Um <laughs> anyway, so uh, Talks of a remake of Suspiria had started in the early 2000s with this boom of horror remakes becoming so popular. And initially, uh, David Gordon Green was on board to do the remake. And he has since um, given new life to the Halloween franchise, whether you like it or not. Um, his, His Halloween movies... Are, are divisive, but they are um, competently made, <laughs> I will say. Uh, I, I, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't do Suspiria because he kind of has a knack of adding in um, humor, and it works. It, certainly, in a Halloween movie, there 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 are room for for humor. Uh, Dario Argento, though. His movies are completely lacking in humor. The only humor hmm. you might gain from an Argento movie is that this dubbing is kind of bad. Well, I yeah. I would t- I would disagree with that as well. There are, there are elements to Suspiria that I think are very humorous, especially in the over to- over the top acting um, by the by the, uh, the the women who run who run the ballet school. Sure, you know it's it's amusing. It's very amusing. It actually. is, but I. I would think that if we sat down and asked Mr. Argento, I would say that he's not he's not looking for laughs. True. Well, I think he was if, I think he would be kind of saying like I want you really over the top for this. I want you to be kind of, you know, exciting kind of, you know, almost like I don't want to say it, but like a drag queen doing it. You know, so for I mean, me, there is yeah. that. Especially but, with um Madame Blanc. But th- th- this is something that I've come across cuz a- after uh, having watched many Argento films and watching um, American actors talk about their experiences with Argento and I think you're going to find this with any any time that there is a language barrier um, certain inflections and in certain ways um, 
and a language interpreter is only going to translate exactly kind of phonetically what you are saying, but might miss certain aspects of it. But, um, but I, and I can give you, there, there's certain examples, um, that I could get into in other Argento films, but I, I know that, um, the, the language barrier has been an issue, um, so again, I don't think that he's purposefully looking for laughs so much as like you say that he kind of I think he's trying to express one thing and it kind of gets uh lost in translation. But, you know, we don't know Mr. Argento. Okay. So, um but both of these movies deal with a coven of witches. And this was, um, Suspiria would later become, it wasn't originally planned this way, but became the first in a trilogy of movies with the three mothers. Mother Suspiria. Or Suspirium. Right. Uh, yeah. Mother Suspirium, which is the mother of size. Mother of size. Um, the mother of tears, and then Inferno, which deals with, um... The mother of darkness. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got right. Yeah, I've got the I've got the Italian names for these, but they're hard to pronounce for the different right, yeah. mothers. So um, we're gonna we'll, we'll start things off here with the original, and um, I'm gonna hand things off to Andrew. What do you remember the first time that you saw this? That's, the original Suspiria. It's a really good question. I don't think I saw it until a few years ago, um, probably around 2016, 2017. Um, I guess like right before the remake or the uh, the reinterpretation came out, um, so I think that's the first time I saw it, and I believe I that's when I also saw um, Inferno as well on cable. So I ordered both of them and watched them, and it blew me away. I loved it. Yeah, but watching it this time with you guys gave me an even more of an appreciation for it, mm. big it's, time. It's, it's a beautiful. It is, and it's it's yeah. there's 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 a resonance to it that is mm. very deep and profound. Mm -hmm. And as I did research, I found that I couldn't do enough research for it. Yeah. There was just tons Too and much. tons. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'll mention a lot of the research that I did, but um, I could tell just by viewing it, just from the very beginning, that there's some uh, deep darkness going on in this movie that is very artistically uh, uh, delivered. Right. Yeah. Was this your? Uh, do you remember what your introduction to Mr. Argento was? I don't, because I also did watch Bird with a Crystal Plumage, with which was his first movie in 1970, um, and I liked that one a lot. Uh, I don't know what the first one was. It might have been the Phantom of the Opera movie that he did. Yeah, I know, which wasn't very <laughs> good, uh, but I I had I'd been familiar with him for a long time, and I mix him up with. Is it Luciani? Who, Lucio Fulci? Yeah, him. Yeah, so I was. there was a period of time where I was watching both of those sure, directors. Right. Yep. Kyle, do you remember your introduction to Mr. Dario Argento? Yeah, mine goes really way back, actually. Um, it was actually, my, my grandmother's a huge collector of horror. And when I was a little kid, I'd always go through different tapes and stuff. And I just remember seeing the cover, and I was just like, oh, this looks creepy or whatever. And I, I remember I was only like five or six years old watching these movies. And I just put it in, and you know, for some reason, Suspiria, 
this movie, the just from the opening sequence with the reds, the blues, and all those colors that this movie has, with as far as the artistic stuff, you know, it it's almost like it burned in the back of my brain. So like from now, from back then, you know, it it's like a clear picture. You know, it's like a my brain takes a snapshot when I see when I every time I revisit this movie, and and, and when I think of horror, just horror in general, like I can't not think about the greats like Suspiria and other films and stuff. But yeah, this movie. Um, definitely has a, a a big place in uh in, in my brain. <laughs> let, let me just riff on the the color aspect for a minute. The yeah. Suspiria was done in uh, a three print Technicolor uh, um, yes. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they weren't he wasn't using the Technicolor that they used in the fifties, but he was using the same process they did with three different uh, film stocks basically mm-hmm. put yeah. together. And I think I, I think red, blue, yellow might have been there, or green or something to that right. So. Right, so there we go with the colors. The colors, and, and and just like Warhol did in Toulouse Lautrec, um, it's almost like like you're seeing colors in this movie that you haven't seen before. Maybe yeah. they're inventing colors almost, yeah. you know, they're for this al- movie. It's almost like the stereotypical version of these colors, like the reds or yes. the red. Mm-hmm. We often we were talking about this. When when there's blood in this movie, it looks like paint. Right, Does. I was just it's gonna mention that. that. It's yep. yeah, it's something, like fire engine red. Something like. that Andrew, you disagreed upon me, and I found an actual quote from Mr. Argento himself. Oh, he was hoping to um, utilize the color of Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs yes. in Suspiria. Yes. Know? And I was telling you because... But, I mean, we, I haven't seen Snow White. I called White that, and, though. Uh, I, I remember when we were watching this, I was like, it looks like Snow White or something. Like, I, I think I said Cinderella or something, but I, it was very... Like, like the paintings on the wall with the, the blue. The way yeah. that he uses colors, the way that he uh, uses shadows, um, and, and, and specifically with the iris colors of these flowers, yeah. is very Disney-esque. And the... Sh- the way that he uses utilizes shadows, I was trying to think of that. I was like, "This, what is it?" Yeah, Fantasia. When you see the overture of the conductor, and all you see is a shadow of the conductor with the orchestra before the cartoon set in, um, he was very much trying to you. He wanted, and that's what I kind of said. What I kept telling you guys, I was like, "The visually, aesthetically, yeah. like." Argento's so, movies are so colorful. They I remind see me of Disney movies. So you yeah. you thought that on your own because I found that out in research that he that he wanted that kind of color palette uh, of for Snow White of Snow White. It, no, it's I, it's a take on Snow White actually. The well, story, which I could see, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. much a fairy tale. Yeah, it is. But I but for me, I it was more reminiscent of like Umbrellas of Cherbourg, the colors that they used in that. Sure. Because I'd seen that more recently. It also reminded me of a, a lot of kind of uh, Bauhaus um, type of imagery, which came from pre-Nazi uh, creative work being done in film, like the cabinet of Dr. Calgary and stuff like right. that, where the windows on that stairs uh, for, the, for the school, for the main lobby, are slanted, um, and they look very surreal. It's a surrealist type of look. So, right. Yeah. It, it's very much, it's a, a beautiful dream or a nightmare. Right. And, and, and so I could, I, I, I get that a stack. You know, a lot of his movies to me are very nightmarish. And the movie itself, including the plot, uh, carries on with that type of logic, and they call it an, a dream logic or nightmare logic, where it's like the 
things don't necessarily have to make much sense in terms of practicality. Uh, it's more like a dreamscape that yeah, you're, like the that flashes, you're witnessing. He does that a lot. I, I noticed in this movie, like a little flash to something disturbing or whatever. Well, and, and also like who's yeah. the killer? Who was actually doing the killing? Yeah. Like you don't really know, you know, no, it's, so it's, it's like... Uh, I, I would say that it's it's um, Lynchian in a way. Sure. Uh, the way that um, it's it's very dreamlike and... To me personally, story takes a backseat in Argento's movies over the visuals yeah. and the music and the sound design. Mm. Yeah. I mean, from the very beginning, when she's coming out of the airport, and I was saying to you, um, I was saying to you guys, like, yeah. uh, those sliding doors for the airport was almost like a portal. And it is. As soon as she goes through those, Everything, Everything has changes. Life. Yeah. yeah, like the, the sound rain, comes. Right. You've it got, builds up to. But yeah. you, see, you hear people screaming and you hear that goblin soundtrack with, this, yeah. with the rain, <laughs> yeah. images of the rain, images yeah. of the sewer where the rain is going down into. So it's like those yes. sounds are coming up from the sewer. It's coming out of the black forest when they're driving through the black forest. That's it's right. just like her whole world now. And she doesn't seem <laughs> she doesn't seem very phased by it. No. But uh, which I think which works, is a, though. It does work. It, it, what I think we are supposed to be. Yeah, unnerved. We We're are, the ones. Yes, the audience exactly. is supposed to be overpowered by. I, I, I and the Goblin has scored uh, the majority of um who, who are a progressive rock band from Italy that who who scored a majority of Argento's movies. Uh, this score in particularly, there's a little keyboard riff. Oh right, like a li- it's almost like a little fairy tale. It is. It's music very... box type of sound. But then it's mixed in with very harsh noises and whispers. And And I'm not sure about anyone else, but it it almost sounds like at times that you can hear which, like someone saying, which? Yes, yes, yes. You Um, can, you can. And And there are electric guitars too. It gets kind of acid rock, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me just point out real quick. Goblin used to be called Cherry Five before they did soundtracks. Okay. And, and they are still touring, by the way. Yes, they, really? They're doing the Suspiria sound, right. soundtrack gonna... like on tour as we speak. That's pretty sick. Yeah, so. Yeah. And, well, well, Dario <laughs> Decades Argento later. Still, he's still putting out he's... movies whether or not people want to watch it or not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and, and, and I hate saying that, but again, like as I go back to my De Palma comparison, like these two, like I, I should write an essay about two auteurs that started their careers with such brilliance, and their later careers are just like why. Chris, just wait till you get old. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. Once you start getting, I mean, seriously, yeah. it starts. It starts diminishing. Okay. It really well, does. Gonna... Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, interestingly enough, and uh, the 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 thought of redoing Suspiria, <laughs> as much as the, it's a very dis, uh, divisive movie amongst the original, yeah, yeah, uh, um, no, 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 the, re, the 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 new version. Oh, okay, is very very divisive. I was okay. gonna add I, to I, that. I was gonna say yeah. the original is kind of universally kind of if. You had to show someone that's never seen a Dario Argento movie before, and you could only show them one movie. Show them Suspiria. 
No. I would agree with that. It's not my favorite, but like if I was given that position, I would say go with Suspiria. Yeah, it's yeah. my it's my favorite. Is it? Okay. It is. I love it. I love it, especially after this past viewing. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say too. Like, I'm not a fan of like movies when they do remakes. I mean, because especially if it's something really good, you know, no one wants to see something be taken over or whatever. But you know, I I saw the remake and I actually liked it. I actually didn't like it in the beginning, but I thought it was. I thought it was. So you just yeah. watched it? Yeah, I just watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And we, wa- Chris and I, watched it last night. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it several times. And I won't is, see it again. It was disgusting. I and won't disturbing. see it again. I told you. And you were the I, witch. I, I hated it. I'm not it. even gonna say anything. I hated it. You, the the <laughs> witch was. All right. Yeah. We'll so see. let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah. So here, here are the thing. I, yep. I, I just want to go on the record for initially saying that. Um, I do not prefer the new version over the original. Yeah, me neither. I think that the original stands... The test of time. Right, exactly. And it's it's still talked about to this very day. Um, Not only that, but I feel like the technical stuff still stands out. Like... I feel like they're more creative, like with the shots and the cinematography and the lighting and the the colors. It just has a more of a uh, like like I said, going back, it's like a it's like painting a picture in your head more. Whereas, don't get me wrong, not, nothing's wrong with this movie. It's just that I I just feel like that movie, like I said, stands. So, well, but they didn't even try with the new one. I mean, they went in a completely different, different route. Yeah, it's like the, everything was filmed in gray. It yeah. had to be everything had to be gray. I, yeah. I think the only only the only scene where the sun is shining is in the very very end. It's it's so. And, and so, yes, the the new version is extremely divisive. First of all, like you said, going to to remake a classic, mm-hmm. you're treading. Uh, you're treading. You need to tread very carefully. Carefully. Yep. Yep. And that's why I think that um, I dislike so many horror remakes modern remakes is because i've already seen it i've seen it done better and just because you've cast a younger audience like if if there's something about it so like horror remakes for me are are um hit or miss right and and when i first heard that suspiria was being redone i um wasn't a fan. You didn't want yet. nothing of it. No. Me, me neither. I mean, I, like, when you hear these things, especially Suspiria, it's like, you know, it has a lot to do with nostalgia for me, because, like, I, like, movies hold so much meaning from the past, especially if I rewatch it all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when these movies come out, you know, you're always skeptical, you're always looking at it, but sometimes you could tell from the trailer if it's good, sometimes you can't. Um, some are hidden with mystery, which is great, especially, like, movies like Cabin in the Woods, you know, they don't tell you nothing. So, you know... Uh, every now and then I go in open-minded and just say, okay, what can uh, a, a new director put put into this? Sure. I mean, and along along those lines, the, the reinterpretation does have major balls. Like, it yeah. really does its own oh thing. Oh, my God. I mean, I definitely, I do appreciate it. I don't like it. I don't want to see it see, again. Okay. But, it's, it, but it did it, you know, they were like, we're going to do well, our own thing with this. It has so a stronger, it's, yeah, it had a stronger. props for that. Definitely had a stronger uh, satanic message in that well, anything. Well, yeah. here's the thing. This is and and this is what I will say. And I'm glad that you 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 phrased it the way you did, Andrew. Is that regardless of whether or not you necessarily like this new interpretation? Yeah. 
I respect the hell out of the fact that they said, you know what? We're not going to redo this story beat for beat. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or look for look or sound for no. sound. You can't. It's not a competition. Why not They're just going Why, their own exactly. route. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's, what, that's my problem with so many horror remixes. I'm like, wh- like what? Why am I watching this when I could have more fun watching the original? Mm-hmm. I uh, I found that with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I was like, why am I watching yep. this? It's the same movie. Turn that shit off. <laughs> um, well, it's for the younger generation. True. Who, is, won't, is, who won't who won't who won't rent it, or maybe and, they will rent it if, and, if they see it in the theaters a remake yeah. first. And also, I would I would I would dare say that th- this was put out by Amazon Studios, and um, this is something that I can safely say that I cannot say about most horror remakes or reinterpretations. This was clearly not a cash grab. Hell because no. Because this new version is more of an art house movie than it is a straight out horror movie. Yeah. The body count I, I would I would say I forgot about the epic body count at the end of the movie, but up until that point There's only one. No. And actually she lives. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't there die. Is, like no body count. Right. Um all and what I so the things that I like and respect about the new version is that they said what are the strengths of Argento? It's the visuals. It's the colors. Okay. What are the weaknesses? And I'm going to say the weakness is the story. So they're like, okay. And so they got a screenwriter who's like, was admittedly not a fan of the original movie, but he said, if you le- uh, let me do something a little bit more grounded, uh, it's more than a little bit, but yeah. Um, <laughs> just let me do something a little bit more real. Let's not, when it gets to that supernatural aspect, let's really build into it. Yeah, um, it's a film, film. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a movie, movie. Whereas the, the original is more of an experience. But the, it is, but yeah, right. but, but the but the reinterpretation is, it's a very very straightforward, very literal movie. Well, I was going to mention, too, because speaking of the whole body count thing, that, that the, the remake, as far as the way the imagery is a lot more disturbing, especially with, with the whole dance stuff. That it's was hideous. I mean, absolutely... It's, it's extremely, yeah. Like, I, I've seen so many movies, but as far as, like, the way... We, we can talk about spoilers, right? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, so the, the scene where Edgar... What's... I'm trying... I Olga, Olga, Olga? Olga is trying Olga. to leave... The, the dance conservatorium. Yes. And um, our, our lead, Dakota Johnson. Um, From Fifty Shades of Grey. Is she? Yeah. I've never seen it. Neither have I, but I learned that. Okay. Me neither. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another thing that, well, we'll get, we'll get into this, this br- because we can actually talk about um, the kills because there's so few of them. Oh, my God. Um, but the cast that they put together for this Movie. I had no idea that was Chloe. Chloe Moretz. Moretz. I met her. Yeah, 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 yeah. You met. That's yep, right. Yep, I, I had a... no idea that was her at the beginning. Yeah. So I just looked into it. Like, oh, and then she shows up at the end in full body prosthetics. Another thing, Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Three roles in this movie. That's right. One of them being an old man, a One detective of... that's a new character. Right. Yeah. So we've got an old professor, the head of the conservatorium, and then. This disgusting, oh. like yeah, 
decaying I, witch. No words. That's just like <laughs> really. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> and and um, she so is. like like the prosthetic work. So like the things that I like about this movie is was they were just like okay. Let's flesh out the story. Let's get a killer cast. Mm-hmm. This director, and again, uh, props to whoever gave this man the reins. He is not, was not known for horror movies. He's known for dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's known he did for call, very, me, call me by your name. Uh, uh, he did a movie called uh, The Big Splash or something. Okay, like that. Uh, but he's he's very known for these very critically received uh, dramas, and he had he had. He originally had optioned the rights to do Suspiria and, and had offered it to David Gordon Green. And um, I'm just kind of glad that they fell into his hands and not David Gordon Green's because I, I don't I don't want to see David Gordon Green's version of Suspiria. Oh, I just hell don't. no. I, I just, just don't. see that being a problem. <laughs> um, he's, he's either really good with drama or really good with stoner comedies. <laughs> And kind of good with the Halloween franchise, but handling something like Suspiria, I, 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 I'm just glad that it landed in the hands that it did. And I, so here are the things that I really like about the new version of Suspiria. The story is fleshed out. I could have done without some of the political stuff. I think it gets a little heavy-handed. You think? Yeah, I was not liking that. I, I, I think the movie could have been trimmed by about twenty minutes. Yeah, it's it's too long. But the things that I really like about this, and it actually made me, it actually this is something that's never happened before. That a, a, a new version of a movie has made me criticize something about the original. Okay, is. And I never realized that I had an issue with this until seeing the new version is I like the fact that all of the violence, all of the horror that happens in the new version is all supernatural. As in, as with the first movie, we've got people getting their throats sliced. Thrown into a pit. So well, it's yeah. the setup that was used by made famous by Argento. It was, you know, which right. is part of the Giallo, um, you know, concept. You know that he established at least with his movies. Right. These intricate, you know, murder scenes, basically. Yes. But yeah. But but, but you're but, right. But my criticism is, if they have all this power, which is seen in the original, they have this the blind man's dog attack him. Why are you slitting people's? Yeah, and who's, and who's doing it? it we don't even know who's the, doing it. All we see is this hand, this man's hand. Coming and it was a bit okay. extra. You, and, you must. It was it, like you know, like in the beginning, especially when the girl's getting like she was already getting hanged, and her heart. You could see the stabbing. Right, the right. Well, right. I yeah, like yeah. all that, but then again, uh, another criticism. I was like, if you have all this power, why would you do this to bring a? T- why would you mm. kill her in your cons- your your ballet school? I thought I had to do it just being it's, witchy. It's or, kind of just like, like witchy, but, yeah. but so like what I like about the new one is that everything is is supernatural. Yeah, with we, you know we're gonna get into <clears throat> we're gonna get into like uh, witchcraft and Satanism, but it's like some if the, if there's a sacrifice that's being made, um, oftentimes it almost. It does matter how the sacrifice is done. True. Um, but, you know, they, they can be... The most important thing 
and this is awful, but the most important thing is to create the most amount of tear, of fear and torture sure. within the victim, and, and within the victim's and, yes, and, uh, nervous system, basically. Right, which, yeah. which again, why I like um, they decide to bring in a witness for this in the new That's version. Right. They dis, they need a witness, and they they and, choose an old man. They choose the Tilda so, Swinton psychiatrist character because they don't choose one of the girls because they say it'll drive one of the girls crazy, insane, right. which is part of the deal. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna hand over the reins to you in just a second, but one of the things that I, another thing that I liked about this movie and I want to ask Kyle about is um, if you, you happen to notice, and I, I something that I, I like the fact that, and in, in, it's made very, very clear in the original Suspiria that this is a ballet company. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that they said, you know what? It's the seventies. This kind of interpretive dance. Andrew, you were you were talking about this. They re- who did they reference? Martha Graham. Um, and they're talking about how their dance is to cut off the nose of beauty, and dance should be ugly. Right. Yeah. And in their perspective, in their, in their interpretation, pers- yes, right. Yeah. Very much yeah. in their perspective. I like the fact that the. "Quote unquote dancing in this new Suspiria yes. is not dancing. This these are what you would picture witches do yeah. when you say, right. when you think of like the Salem witch trials. They say women are going crazy in the woods at night, and this is what they're doing. This is the kind of movements, and these dances were actually an invocation of uh, some sort of ritual. Yeah, yeah. Th- these dances were not. This is not just ballet as a front for us to be witches, which is kind of." The, the kind of what the original Suspiria is these these dances are a ritual. I was going to yeah. add to that because I before Wait. I came here I had I, I looked up uh, on an article, and I I didn't have my notes. My notebook is already full, but I'll, I'll tell you this. So in the article, um, uh, the director was talking about the dances actually, and he mentioned I forget the name, but there's like this dance that uh, in uh, in China that they do. And it's actually um, it, go, it goes. It, the idea came from a story of a woman um, in America who joined this. Uh, she didn't know it was a cult, but it was a, it was a it was a real like a cult dance, and she ended up uh, doing it so much, and it was very similar to this. And she would, she, you know, it was very weird, very aggressive, very emotional uh, type of dance, and she actually ended up dying because she put herself through so much stress every day trying to do this dance and perfect it and the the guy the head of this this group of this dance group uh eventually uh yeah basically killed her through putting her through so much stress yeah damn there's a real well real thing that happened because i was just gonna say when when you it's interesting because when you uh, a lot of people think of dance they think of a nightclub and you get yeah getting down and yeah dance throughout the history has taken so many phases yes yeah yeah it has um something it, like the 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 mummers dance which was a, it basically a religion too a religion yeah. basically a dance of, of 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 celebrating someone's life after they had passed away yeah but people put on these very weird pagan masks <sighs> and they would dance to mm-hmm. some, some very weird stuff i kind of that's another thing that i like about this new interpretation is that it's because it's it's very clear that the the the, the, the I like how they explored witches, it more. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. they are able to to um, communicate with each other telepathically. But not only that, that their dances 
are a language within themselves. Mm. They are. I mean, the performing arts in and of themselves, like you're basically channeling, even as an actor, even as a singer, but especially with dance, you are supposed to, you are supposed to turn off your mind and you're supposed to be the vessel for, this, for the music, basically. So you are channeling, which lends itself to the idea of possession, Right. which is very, very clear in the reinterpretation right, with yes. the dances that they're doing. I actually did not like the choreography. It reminded me of Showgirls. I've told you that. Um, a lot of just like angular jutting stuff. But in terms of invoking uh, a spirit, it does work. You're yes. right, especially at the end, especially right. at the if end. If you're looking for like... It's just so grotesque. It is. It's a lot of like thrusting and very... Very, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they're almost, it's almost <laughs> violent. Yeah, yeah. Violent. Yeah. Well, and, and like, never seen like, like it. It's, and like it's convulsing, convulsive, when yeah, when you're like. under a possession. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right. It's like, like, but I, again, I, I, the strength to the the new move. I think that that's kind of. Like, I admire the dancers though. They they you could tell they've been dancing for years. The the actors. Yeah. You both, know they could do all those movements. Both and, both versions incorporated uh, well renowned choreographers. Yeah. And, and um, you get a lot more. Dancing, if you want to call it that, in in this new you do, you <laughs> do. New... In fact, in the original, I don't think I I I think the only time you see Jessica Harper dance is when she's feeling faint and she's barely getting through it and she passes out. I think yeah. that's the only time you actually even see her right. dance at all. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really. I don't remember seeing her any anything past that. Let me let me quickly mention that uh, Jessica Harper had done Phantom of the Paradise by Brian De Palma. That's right. And that's what Argento had seen her in. She was actually recruited by De Palma um, after he, I think he saw her in an off-Broadway show in New York. So she was a stage actress, stage musical theater performer. Um, So she knew how to sing and dance, and she does sing very well in uh, Phantom of the Paradise. So Argento cast her based on her performance in that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. Um, Andrew, we might as well get into it. Let's talk about let's talk about witchcraft. It's the I'm curious. Witch. I know you got oh. some I'm knowledge ready, on I'm this, ready buddy. To get into it because, All right. Uh, and then I'll, we can dive into the original a little bit more. I yeah. Think. Sure. Yeah, that absolutely, works. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The 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 new one. Oh, the new one deals a lot with. There is something that that I mentioned to, and this is this is. I'm I'm pushing the boundaries here by talking about this on the podcast, but I wanted to for this for this movie or these movies, this movie and both versions because it's appropriate. Yes. Um, there is something that I mentioned that's not recognized in psychiatric industry called uh, satanic ritual abuse, uh, which is also called SRA. Um, I've actually known people who, who have undergone this, and it's through multi generational. Um, uh, Satanist um, rituals, basically, and it's you can see some of this in Hereditary, the movie that it it, it does exist. So what it does is it um, you are you are opening yourself up to possession, and it is a form of mind control. It is, but it, uh, go on. It's it's conditioning. It is conditioning. Which which is if if anything, I mean, the very as someone that's studied psychology and works in, in the mental health field. Conditioning is, um, we are taught very early on, is the Pavlo dog response. Yes. Which is the ringing bell. Right. Triggers. Yes. Triggers. Right. Exactly what it is. Right. Pavlo. 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 Thank you. Would ring a bell every time he fed his dogs. Right. And then he slowly discovered 
that the dogs would begin salivating. Yes. Because if he just rang the bell, yes. even even if they even if the food wasn't coming because they had been conditioned this way. Yes. Mm. And the, we see this, it, and, and unfortunately, I mean, we're gonna get into some heavy stuff here. Jesus, but conditioning yeah. ex- it, it exists with with um, unfortunately with a lot of domestic abuse. Sure. Um, sure. It's, but this, it's, is, it's but this is much more. This is much more. It is. It's through repetition. Repetition. Absolutely. But this, what we're talking about is much more intentional. It has. It's much more systematic right. as well. Yes. Yes. Or syste- yes. Uh, I don't know if the word systemic is right, but systematic. Um, if you think about Manchurian Candidate movies or even the um, the Jason Bourne movies, these are mind controlled assassins who have triggers. Especially in Manchurian Candidate, there's there there are specific words that will trigger you into that altar right. to become the yeah. assassin or wh- whatever else. You right. know, you can yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's such an interesting because whether or not Argento was in, you know implicitly trying to establish that. Just the. Um, I don't think Argento so much, but I think in the new version, I think that's that's they're very aware. They're very of all aware of, of what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean the director. He must have did some research. Did, I was going to say that he must have done. Or some maybe type of, had insider knowledge, you know. Yeah. The, but the screenwriter and the director definitely knew that this was this this was this is the what up with with. Uh, with witchcraft and um, rituals and basically satanic invocations. So th- it's very interesting because very often that people that that, that fall prey to to falling falling into a cult, um, they prey on your insecurities. Yep. They promise you certain things, sure, and then you know up to a certain point, um, you can either choose to 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 buy in or suffer. Or split or split. suffer. Yeah. yeah, they kind of don't like it if yeah. you walk away. <laughs> well, oh, man. Again, again me, me, and, me and Andrew differ greatly uh, on, on, on certain views, but one yeah. of the things that I, I cannot, uh, I, I, and I, I know that they consider re- religion, it's not the first time I brought them up on the show. Yeah. Fucking Scientology is a cult. I don't care what anybody says. Well, that's that's. But true. I mean, I think everyone would agree with you, except yeah. Scientologists. Except for Scientologists, yeah. Yeah. So, who I mean, would who would come after me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Tom Cruise is going to show up at my door and and reprimand me. Even even acting though, like when I when I um, was at Trinity Rep, I just remember it being so like once you get involved with it, it felt like. We're doing all these wacky things, you know, running around, going in circles, you know, and we we all felt comf- so comfortable with each other. But this person was giving us the power. And like, I remember my teacher was just so like, if she could tell us to do anything, we'd probably do it because we were so invested into it. Right. You have to you have to basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the in the in the real when you get really into it, you yeah. have to part of it is breaking down the ego. Yes, yeah. so you lose the ego, and so you become, exactly. you become a tool. So you become yes. a, a, a vessel, uh, a puppet. So again, yeah. one of the things that I, I, I it's like Aleister Crowley. I mean, he was called the puppet master for a reason. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who's pulling yeah. the strings? Right. One of, um, I mean, and and uh, to a certain extent, every, if you're in any sort of the performing arts, the music industry, or something, you're, there's always somebody saying, "You should go on this talk show," or "This would be really good for your career." Yeah. This sure. Kind of sure. Stuff. Sure. Um, but something that I like, um, and I love the ending to the original Suspiria of this this ballet company being burnt down and um, 
Jessica Harper? Yeah. She just leaves, and it's it's At the end. Yes, you, you know I what it reminds that. me of? It reminds me of uh, Sissy Spacek leaving the school after she's burned it down. That's what it makes me think of, which came out uh, came out a year before. I think '76 is when Carrie came out. I think so. Yeah, so that's what this it movie makes has me such think a resemblance. It. The colors, the reds, and everything. Yeah. It reminds well, me of. It reminds me of Carrie a lot. Now, to, come to well, think of it, again, our gen- we've got to we got to think that we're we're coming here as uh, as, as Americans. Argento again was so popular in Italy in, yeah. in Europe that but his movies didn't kind of have the the impact there across that they had yeah, here makes sense but but a filmmaker like De Palma would seek out these movies and I could definitely see the influence Imp- yeah. of the colors and and I think you made a very good point I never thought about that but yes her leaving the burning um, ballet studio and mm. Carrie leaving and the burning gymnasium. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, that's a but, good uh, fucking but, yes. Uh, yeah. yes. Well, the good thing about um, the original Suspiria is that the whole, all the students are actually at a performance, so they're not in the building. No, it's just, it's the, just witch- the witches that burn down. So, and and the way she acts it is so good. She's just kind of smiling, and you know, the rain is falling on her hair, and she's wiping yeah. the rain and yep. the hair off her face, and it's just like, yes, yes, finally, relief, yes, relief. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that I real that, that uh, just dawned upon me upon this this uh, uh, last revisit of the new Suspiria. Is was the, the ending right? You're was, gonna the, tell me. was the twist at the end? Yeah, that she knew the entire time that she was Mother Suspiria. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Well, I don't know if she was cognizant of it. Do you think she knew? Like, like no, cogniz- I, I right. don't think she did. Slowly, she starts I to think realize slowly, on a conscious level. But but the twist that she she becomes Mother Suspiria at the end again. And we were talking about this. The thing, the, one of the biggest things about this movie, um, the new version, is it's not a movie that you're gonna want to revisit because it yeah. is will grunt. It's depressing. Very depressing. It's a very big downer because at the end, a new a, the whole time this coven of witches is trying to find a new vessel for their mother Suspirium. There's one thing too I wanted to mention as far Please. as. The this movie went balls to the walls as far as with flashbacks and imagery. Like the new like the remake as far as like imagery, like constant like just it really I felt uncomfortable just watching it. They did such a good job with that. It affected well, like I, I don't know if know. they did such a good I actually think you they didn't went like a that? little I think they went a Too little far? I think they went a little overboard with it. Yeah. Because there are times when you're like, Who is this? Yeah. And it only it, it, it took me I didn't catch on it took me. I needed to rewatch the first time I watched this movie. I was like, "Well, that was something." Yeah. But I didn't really grasp all the little nuances to it. Whereas something like Suspiria, like you said, Andrew, was much more of an experience. The mm-hmm. original, yeah, right. So um, I want to. It was like ahead. a dream that I wanted to revisit. Right. Yeah. This new one is a nightmare that I was like, "Oh, maybe get me, every get me the freak maybe out. every yeah. couple yeah. of years." Yeah. Because it is bleak. Yeah, bleak. That's it what is. I was. It is very say. bleak. Yes. Can I can I piggyback please, though on please. something we before we get off it too much? Um, Go ahead. What's I I listened to? There's a guy named Isaac Weisop who has um, a podcast. Uh, I think his his 
website is called IlluminatiWatcher.com. Yeah. Are you familiar? Have I, you... I, I've, I don't, actually, no, I don't think I've heard of him. Okay, he's good, he's good. And he talks about Suspiria, and he talks about Suspiria with someone named Robert Sullivan. This yeah. is just for the, the listener if they want to do their own research. And they talk about Suspiria, and one of the things they talk about is how at the end, um, the original version, uh, the ballerina is combating evil, and she destroys the evil. Uh, yeah. In the new version, the ballerina basically becomes evil. She becomes yes, she that's becomes, right. Yeah, that's she becomes right. the the witch, um, and she she's kind of she's kind of a good witch, quote unquote, because yeah. she does uh, she does spare the aging uh, psychiatrist from his memories of experiencing the satanic ritual. Yeah. Uh, so she, there she, there is a there is a feeling that she's going to be more um, sympathetic or empathetic of a witch or more caring or compassionate maybe is the word um, I, I would argue the, I would argue the, the opposite actually that she's going yeah. to become even more I think, evil I think she's going to be the most evil, evil. Yeah. well could be um but yeah. I it was very, very interesting. That is a that's yeah. yeah. That's the so, that's the main difference between yes. the two protagonists we, in both versions. Who we think is the protagonist actually turns out to be. It's almost like the big switcheroo is pulled on you, and you're like this this woman that we've been rooting for is uh, now like on their side. Well, she's she's yeah, she's killed them all off, and she, now she she's going to take their place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like I, I like how they witness though with the witch as far as the powers at the end, like. Like, they really went all out with, like, she was just moving her hand, and then, boom, the lady's well, neck just split and, open. Well, well, yeah. well, she, like, she, that was yeah. insane. Basically, yeah. she raises a demon who is death to kill off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. most... Uh, uh, Might even be Lucifer himself. I know Wikipedia says Grim Reaper, but I mean... They yeah. said death. Just okay. death. Like, it's just... And, um... I, 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 yeah, I hesitate to say Lucifer just because, but I, I kind of think that this, this black demon, that it looks like a charred body yeah. is going around, basically putting its finger to your head and your head explodes. Blodes. But yes, there is something, there's something about when Dakota Johnson becomes Mother Suspirium, um, because she goes up to her two friends. She goes up to Chloe Grace Moretz and she goes up to Olga and then she goes up to uh, Maya Goth, and she goes, "What do you want?" And they go, "I just want to die." And and she she peacefully she almost just like peacefully um, puts them puts them the rest. So who survives? Because the next day there are still ballerinas. That's what I was confused with. Yeah, I didn't so understand that. So who survives that? that? That's a good question. Yeah. That's one I couldn't answer because yeah. I thought the same thing because a lot of the girls are talking about, oh my gosh, I, I had so much wine to drink. I don't well, they, It's like they've forgotten. Right. It's been wiped from their memories. So uh-huh. I, I don't know if like half half of this company has been wiped out. Right. Um, but I again, mean, that's kind of like Carrie at the prom even too, so, that whole ritual when she does so that. So to me, it's very interesting because I, I, I didn't see the post credit scene until you and I watched it. Oh, where and, she... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Where she decides to put a spell on all of well, us. I, wait, a, there's a post credit scene. Yeah, yes. Well, oh, so yes. hold on, hold on, hold on, because yes. I have thoughts about this. <laughs> I was very much with you thinking that she's going to end up being a good a good witch, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, because she puts her friends out of misery Um and she she finally tells this this um, psychiatrist who's been looking for his his wife 
throughout the, the, the course of um, the movie who thinks that he has found his wife only to be tricked into witnessing this horrific ritual of bringing Mother Suspirium to life. And his and, wife is played by Jessica Harper as well. Which is gr- yeah. a brilliant use of a cameo. Yeah, and, um, and they call her fake, fake Ankh, I think, which means... Anka. Like, Anka. 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 I, so I guess she's the fake, the fake wife. She's been... Yeah. It conjured up as a hallucination for him. So I and so like I I, I I was on board with this being a good witch because she she says we don't need your shame we don't need your guilt because you were innocent in all of this like the, all the atrocities of what you lost basically you lost your wife because of you know of what happened in World War Two um, you know I wish I could have um, I I wasn't powerful enough to save you from what my troop did to you which is kind of like bearing witness to something horrific that which which would have driven him insane had she not wiped these memories from his mind um i thought at the end she says we need guilt and we need shame we do yeah she says that but she says we don't need yours oh okay got it she says that very yes okay we need shame we need guilt but we do not need yours because he for all intents and purposes is the most likable well he, she, because it is Tilda Swanson, and at some point I do want to talk about her performance. It's just remarkable. Yeah, but, she's good. But I think the post-credit scene, to me, she's looking like deadpan into the camera, and she kind of gives you this smile, and then That's she the does this scene, weird yeah. hand gesture, and I'm like, nope, she's yep. evil. She is That's, pure. That was a good twist yeah, when yeah. they did oh, that. Yeah. yeah, she's putting so, a spell on the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, shit. I mean, she puts her I'm, hand up basically on the well, screen. That's the thing. Yeah. She, she is Hopefully basically yeah. breaking the fourth wall. It looks mm-hmm. She's looking at you. Mm-hmm. She does this weird. Hopefully, she doesn't sneak into our house or something mm-hmm. now. Um, no, which leads me to believe that she is going to be the most manipulative and, and, and hence most evil of yep. these mothers to come. But that's just my, my my personal thing. Again, the things that I like about this this new movie makes me not want to revisit it as much as I would want to revisit the original. Because it is... The grotesqueness. It's, well, no, I can take the grotesqueness, but it's so... The bleakness? Depressing. Depressing, yeah. It's so... I had a hard un- time watching un- it because lenting. of that. Yeah, it's I mean... It's unrelentingly depressing. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it could be the yeah. scenery too for me. I remember like even like those scenes of looking at the buildings. It just reminded me of a really bad dark dream. Like just every everything around the settings was just like well, this movie's. It was dragging, but it was just it wasn't the movie that was bad. It was just that it was so depressing, like you just it said. Is. It, as I would say that the original Suspiria is a beautiful dream, and, yeah. but uh, with violence, yeah. But it's beautiful. The colors are beautiful. Um, soundtrack was very memorable, but this well, yeah. the soundtrack I would say is nightmarish. Except for yeah. that, some of the some of the some of it is very very beautiful. Yeah, but um, they turned Suspiria, which is kind of like a very violent, aggressive dream that is beautiful. This new version is a nightmare. This is yeah. this is nightmarish, which again I think speaks to the quality of the movie because I think that a good horror movie should be nightmarish it should be a movie that you do not want to revisit exactly i think that a, if it's if it's something that really kind of is so it, it has such an emotional toll on you i like that because like 
for me, it's like you could appreciate that because down the line, even if you don't watch this movie, let's say like, I don't know, like let's say a year down the line or whatever, it's like you'll always go back to it because it'll have that same impact the first time. So like, you know, when you watch a movie, like you don't want to watch it, but then you'll appreciate it more if you take a while and you go back to it and you'll... Well, yeah. I had to... So, so my history with um, the new Suspiria is I, is I got it from Redbox. I watched it. I was very confused. I went back about a week later, rewatched it after doing some research. You got it at Redbox again or you bought the movie? Oh, I bought it from Redbox. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing about me and Redbox. You could buy a movie. I thought it was a rental thing. No, you can buy it. Oh, and, oh, shoot. And if they you're changed. like me and you rack up late charges renting from Redbox, just fucking buy the disc. It's yeah. cheaper in the long run. I learned that the hard way. That's why <laughs> I That's why I have so many Redbox discs lying around my apartment is because <laughs> I'll just fucking buy the disc. That way I don't have to return it. Anyway, Suspiria, I had to go back to, to rewatch it after a week after like kind of doing some research about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and what the director was trying to achieve to really kind of grasp what he was looking to achieve and I think that he achieved what he was trying to do it's not necessarily something that I, I want to revisit very often um, if that makes any I'll, sense I'll, I mean uh, for me I I won't revisit watch it on my own I'll definitely watch it if a group of friends or whatever want to see it they're like oh let's you have, like if they haven't seen it like yeah you should really See it. See, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. If I, yeah. I would say that if you're going to get around with a group of friends and have, if you want to have like a real fun movie, and I do some Argento movies. Yeah. Um, well, Army of Darkness is like my always go to. Like, that's like a rewatchable. Is that Argento? No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just saying in general, like, if that if there was like a movie night, like, that'd be like my go to. Yeah, everywhere. I was going to say, I don't think uh, Suspiria 2018 is like a fun movie night. I think. Hell no. I think, <laughs> but I think what I. there There are things. I mean, and this kind of goes between liking a movie and respecting a movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I respect the... the um, What he did with it. What he did. The technical aspects of it are very, very good. And Tilda is just amazing. Um, it's and, always good when you know a, a, a person, when they make a movie, It's they're not trying to copy it at any time. Well, not copy, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're they're just going in their own route. You know what I mean? Like, they go in their own way, and they're like, all right, we're going to do something a bit different. Right, you know and I mean? this was clearly not, um, I'm going to shit on Michael Bay and his Platinum Dunes. Oh, but go ahead. Platinum I... Dunes put out all these fucking horror remakes, and he hires, like, the latest MTV video director to do these these horror remakes, and for the most part, just watch the original. Which I one get... you, you really didn't like? Is there any, like, any off the top you could think of that's... Uh, I did not like A Nightmare on Elm Street. I yes. didn't like The Hitcher. I don't know if he did The Fog, but The Fog You like is... The Hitcher? The remake? I don't like The Hitcher. Oh. Remake. No. Oh, damn. Sorry, I thought... <laughs> so no. let's get back to the original Suspiria. Yeah. Please. <laughs> one of the things that... Um, one of the things that I find really, really just... There are a lot of things that I find disturbing about... Um, Suspiria in general, especially. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of gore. I try to stay away from it or these intricate murder scenes. I mean, I stopped watching horror movies at a certain point because it, it started to get to me too much. But the idea of ballerinas being killed um, is extremely disturbing. I remember there was a show uh, when I grew up, when I was growing, when I was younger, called Simon and Simon on Primetime. It was these two cops um, who would solve cases and. Uh, deal with crime 
you know, once a week at like eight o'clock or night. Actually, it was like more like 10 p.m. because because it was such adult material. I, I remember the first time I saw someone, someone's head getting blown up uh, in a show was yeah. Simon and Simon. Yeah. It wasn't Scanners. It was actually Simon and Simon. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking of Scanners. R- really disturbing. But I also remember an episode where there was a killer who was taking uh, a ballet troupe uh, hostage and he kills one of the ballerinas and he puts the corpse into an elevator and the elevator goes down and opens up and the cops see this dead ballerina in the elevator. That is so... I mean, what is more fragile and vulnerable and beautiful than a young ballerina? Mm-hmm. So yeah. to do this to... And what, what's also interesting is in the um, original Suspiria, Argento wanted preteen girls to play the ballerinas. And a lot of the movie um, and, and the studio executives were like, no. So um, a lot of the elements of the movie hint towards the girls being younger than they actually are. The dialogue was not changed. It was kept the same as it was intended for that original casting. As well, the doorknobs are very high up, so it's almost like they're girls reaching up to open a door. So there's a lot of this going on in it that... Um, that is really unnerving, but it does also fit into the idea of satanic ritual abuse. They will go for as young as possible, sure, you know, yeah. for this type of thing. Absolutely, um, because yeah, well, because I, I, I think they when a girl reaches a certain age and a certain thing happens, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because um, right. So they try to capture the soul, the essence, whatever the spirit before that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, in addition to that, well, there is no in addition to that. Let's leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> uh, there, one of the things I found out is that the, where it takes place, the original, is actually called either the Magic Triangle or the Black Triangle, which is where either Austria, Switzerland, and Italy meet, or Germany, France, and Switzerland meet. And apparently, I think it's Germany, France, and Switzerland. Okay. And there is a very high factor and this isn't coming from me this is coming from uh, a researcher that i that i watched um there is a high quotient of witchcraft going on in this region in europe so this was one reason to set it in that area yeah right yeah and similar to to a cult it's the feeling of belonging and this actually goes into i i've seen documentaries on like um gang gangs you have these outcasts yes this feeling of yes. belonging, yes, and you 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 almost kind of um, convince yourself in a way mentally that some of the the dubious things you might be doing are okay, but because you have this sense this sense of belonging, right, and a support and, system that supports what you're doing, right, yeah, and and and, and not so much in the original, but in the in, in 2018 Suspiria. It's very much a family. Mm-hmm. They, they they refer to the mothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the beginning, family. they they, they mm-hmm. made it seem like everything was like, oh, come join us. It was very welcoming mm-hmm. in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think it's very interesting. Um, it, it's just an odd thing to notice, but um, in 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 the first Suspiria, the original, the, there's a great deal of talk about money. Um, yes. About yeah. about and the beginning, right, right, right? About where you know room and board being here, and in this new Suspiria, I think they did something, which 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 I think works for this this particular version of the movie is it's so welcoming because 
yes, we have dormitory, and it's free for you. Right. Yeah. And you, I we, noticed that. We right. love right. you based on the strength of your dance alone. Right. Whereas they have very Which is, nefarious... Yeah, there's more yeah, than just like her dancing. In the, in yes. the first, yeah. yeah, they, I want, remember they like, want her. They want her. In the first one, she tried getting her to um, buy the shoe, which is like, oh, no, you'll let, I'll let you borrow. So they've sent, like, right. like you she, said. Yeah. And she gets her own room. She gets yeah. a room outside of the academy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then when that spell is cast on her and she faints, they move her stuff into the and, dormitory. And they continue yeah. to drug her. Right, with that and, with that wine, which looks like blood or and paint. It, and, again, <laughs> yeah. and, again, and again, this just kind of... Um, my point is that... Um, the plot and the storytelling takes a backseat in Argento's movies for the most part. But it's still there. You still it's, have enough elements. That's the sure. thing. I didn't I don't really need to have all of that shoved into my face with the with the new version. I really True. didn't. Like I there's enough going on. It's enough that that's implied. Right. That you can that you can in, immerse yourself in the experience mm-hmm. and then and then have these almost subconscious ideas of what's going on to flesh out uh, the story. And there's a lot of subconscious stuff, even in the even in the symbolism, there's a lot of there's a lot of Masonic symbolism in both both versions. Right. Um, you, do you think I was the, gonna ask you, do you think the first one had more symbolism than the remake? Because mm, I or they were equal. I don't well I think there's more in your face symbolism actually in the original to tell you the truth yeah the the new version does have a lot of symbolism going on what what struck me the most was at the beginning when chloe is in the psychiatrist's office and she's she's turning things around or putting stuff down one of them is a book that's got the masonic compass on it and she just turns it and face down doesn't even want to look at it does not can't even look at it because she knows now she knows what the deal is. Yes. Um, yeah. I also wanted to just say really quickly, like when it comes to uh, women being brutally murdered in movies, in a, a lot of ways, Suspiria is a precursor to the slasher movies, the American slasher movies that followed in the early 80s. Yes. Where you saw a lot of females being brutally murdered. Um, yeah. And that did become like a thing. It was like a fad. It's a wave. The, it was. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it disturbs me. It does disturb me. It was done. the f- So it's like... Uh, it's like how disturbing is it when you see it really being artfully done, like in a movie like and the, Suspiria? And Suspiria, you know? like, I mean, they they really do a number of making it memorable. Oh for lord, sure. that but opening it, sequence! Yeah, that opening yeah. sequence. And you again, know? I, again, this was only a criticism that occurred to me after watching the newer version. Is again, I I don't know why they have to, why a coven of witches would resort well, to such. Let, let, but I mean, you've already said that. Let's okay. just focus on the actual. You know, set pieces that mm. that, that sure. exist which, in which, these murders which, in the original one. Right. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, the one where she falls into the room full of barbed wire. Yes. That's like that's like Saw One or Saw Two. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that's a perfect just like, example. I was gonna say, yeah. Like the yeah. pit of needles. Yeah. I was gonna say they completely. Yeah. There's. The, I I don't remember which Saw movie, but there's one where a, a syringes. Guy, syringes. Guy's got to crawl. Through, no, he's got to crawl through razor wire. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, and, and that's yeah. straight out of yeah. Suspiria. And another. Yeah. Well, and, and there's another, actually in one of the Saw movies, there's actually a cage full full of barbed wire that a a guy falls into i don't know if it's the same thing you're talking I about i think it might be yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, there's also that scene with the syringes with the girl who's a, a an addict right and um she she has to dive into a get the a, key a pit a yeah pit right. a pit of key. syringes yeah but um no again to me though like that that scene um 
for me in movies, by the way, that's I can't watch anything to do with needles. So that for me, when I first saw that, oh yeah, I was literally like traumatized. Oh yeah, when well, I first seen they, that. They're, yeah, they've yeah. done their job. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but the first that opening sequence. I mean, the whole idea that she's she's being kept alive throughout the, these series of stabbings. Yes, you know until. At the very end, I don't think she actually dies until she falls through the ceiling and she's the noose around her neck tightens and then kills her. I think she is kept alive up until that very last moment. So right. she has to experience all of that hideousness, pain and all of that pain and torture. Yeah. And yeah, it hideous. Pretty much. She's still breathing barely. Well, yeah. And it's almost like the killer knows how to stab her to not. Break her mentally, not, right. but, but not to kill her. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, to keep her alive, but barely. Yeah. But the point I was trying to make was that I like the fact that in the in, in the in 2018 that all these victims are done by the powers of the witches. No, I know. no, 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 no. Okay, no. but oh. they are kept. They are still alive. Oh, right. Living well, within the actually, walls of these. Right, and that's true. Actually, with Olga, especially. Yes. Where she's twisted like a pretzel yeah. and she's still and alive. I like, mean, it's the same thing, uh, really, isn't right? it? It's yes. the same thing as that opening sequence, except yes. she isn't even killed. No. she's And then she's stored, right, she's stored in that room. Uh, which I think, uh, and, and which is why, which I like something like this, they build up to the these reveals that Olga's yeah. still alive, that Chloe Grace Moretz is still alive. The, it's it's yeah. so... In that room with those it's, sticks, that Blair Witch Project room, basically, with all well, those sticks. Uh, what about, those what about this, though? Remember when after she was, we thought she was dead when they had those, what are those things? The needles that they had oh, to yeah. pick her up? Yeah. They just picked her up like this. I think this. it's called and, a scythe. Oh, yeah. sickle or sickle it, or something. No, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a scythe or a sickle. And yeah. you know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of the very end of um, Night of the Living Dead when our protagonist goes out to say, don't shoot, don't shoot, and they shoot they him shoot down. Him. Oh, and the then window. I think the very yeah, last yeah, yeah. thing is him being, I, I could be wrong, him being picked up by one of those. They basically throw him onto a bonfire. Into a right. yes. bonfire. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. They're, they're that's burning right. all the, yeah. That's right. I um, mean, there's nothing There's nothing more, um, what's what's the word? Brutal. Brutal. There's nothing more grisly or brutal than that. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and again, both of these movies, I, I think that, they both have aspects of violence and horror that, to a particular viewer, like you were saying with the needles. Yeah, yeah. But just a mat, and to me, it it still sneaks up onto me. I I still, after watching the original so many times, I still forget that when she's when she l- jumps out of that window and she <laughs> oh. escaping, that she ends yeah. up in razor wire. It's horrible. It you is. think she's afraid. But I'm going to be honest. But I'm going to be honest about that scene. I feel like, I mean, looking at it now, because you know, I've seen some movies that are more realistic, but as far as the barbed wire, I've seen what that can do with a person just jumping over a fence and it is way worse as far as what it does to your body. Well, but I know it rips it apart. Rip, I mean, and and again, if and you again, jump into that in real life, I'm sorry, oh, but you're okay, cut. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, yes. now I'm gonna be. I'm going to play cynical movie snob right here. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck would a coven of witches have a room full of razor wire? Well, but I mean, uh, come on. If, it, if it's shit, actually a a, one, if Chris. it's actually a chamber of horrors, Damn. you know, then they're going to be set again, up again. What you know, the, 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 again, I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I like the aspect of the supernatural violence 
with which I like the fact that if you're going to do a movie about witches, that the violence should be supernatural. Well, it's, my response to that is real witches, real Satanists who are going to commit some sort of murder like that aren't necessarily going to have powers like that, and so it's going to be a set piece like that. They're Touché. going to do something like I, yeah, that. That's how they're going to do it. You know what? So actually, the original Suspiria might be more realistic in that oh. respect, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to argue with that. Yeah. That is a very good point. Um, yeah, for the movie so that they're tries to be... You know, they are. They're trumping up the supernatural aspect, definitely. Right. And it does work. It does work better. I agree with you. Okay. It does work better. That is something in the new version that does work better. Because I'm just imagining... Like, just the, the very thought... Like, you were saying needles bother you. Yeah. That, that scene with Olga, I'm like, imagine if I didn't have control of my body. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm contorting. Cont- yeah, right. Like, my arms are breaking. Like, oh, I'm it's like, hideous. That's it's absolutely oh, that's, horrific. Imagine that's... She must have obviously yeah. had... Um, her body was like being able to do that, right? Well, no, no, no. Right. You or said no, they, they, tell, hired, yeah. they hired a real contortionist. Contortionist. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, it's not wild. That's, so there's no no CGI in there. No, that I've was seen, a real contortionist. I've seen this guy do that on TikTok, yeah, where he'll stand like, up and he just drops and looks like a pretzel. Woof. And, yeah. again, and again, for for um, I, I I respect the fact that they were like, we're never gonna trump the visual. The vi- these violent visuals that Argento has put to film. Right. Yeah. So we, we have a scene. Try. We have a scene where a woman. It's like there's a a piece of glass right through her right head. Right through her face. Yep. yep. And like it would be so easy for another director to be like, "That's a brilliant scene. I need to copy that." And they don't. I like the fact they're like, "What if like we're dealing with dancers? What if you were possessed?" Yeah. By another dancer who's doing these horrible contortions. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, again, the no. yeah no absolutely the amount of thought that's put into the new version is thorough. It really is, and the imba- amount of imagination as well. Yes. The fact that they use dance as of uh, basically as a weapon. Yes. You know, as this, yes. this you know t- there's yeah. what did I write down? There's there's a whole concept within witchcraft which is either I think it's called transference. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, Occult transcendence or transference where you... And you see this in the new version a lot. All she has to do is look at one of the dancers well, and then look at the other dancer and she's taken the the spirit of this well, dancer and put it into that dancer. There's that, yeah, because yeah. there's that one scene she's like, I can't jump like that. And she has this other dancer That's do right. it. And, and then she, she touches her hands, yeah. she touches her feet. Yep. And, all and you sudden, see them light up. Yes. You, like in the original, you right. see that light. And another... That, well, that wavy, watery that, light. Another thing that we didn't really... We we haven't even talked about yet is that the subtle homages that they do with the yep. use of lenses. They, both these movies were shot ah, on thirty five millimeter lens. He asked the cinematographer to use the same lenses that Argento did. Oh, oh I didn't even know they that. Used oh. the, the, that's interesting. That those interesting. quick, those yeah. quick cut, the uh, the quick zooms. Yep. And everything. Well, are... and also when you see like a character walking down a hall, and then all of a sudden the camera just rushes Rush. up yes. to them. Yeah, they do that a lot zoom. in the yeah, hallway. They do the yeah. quick yeah. zoom, or they'll do the slow pan. Well, they'll let you like kind of soak in this architecture, mm-hmm. and you could see them just walking. And and and, and again, I I respect. Like I said, like you were saying, there's so much thought put into this movie. Absolutely. That as why I might not like it nearly as much as the original, I can't help but respect. What they, what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the fact yeah. that, and um, I don't know if I brought this up yet or not. I, I, I like the fact 
that a real I and again I I haven't done as much research about witchcraft or anything, but to me a real coven of witches would only be women. And in the new That's what I'm thinking. In the new Suspiria, the entire dance company is all women. Whereas in the original which I have no problem with. There's a few guys in there. There's the yeah. the, 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 the blind, blind piano player. There's the nephew. Plus, there's male dancers. Right. They they have and yeah. oftentimes oftentimes the men will serve the women though. They're um, also, that's that's in in covens. Like, like the, they're, yeah, they I will lurch. exist. And my understanding <laughs> is so, my understanding is that yeah. you can't go higher than high priestess. Even the high priest can't go higher than the right. high priestess. So so yes, and so I'm going to argue my own point here with the original. Suspiria, all the males are very subservient yeah. to the women. They are. So yeah. uh, so that that was smart, but I for me, just like I, I think like when I think a covet of like a covet of witches, I, I, I don't think men. Like any right. male, whatsoever. Well, me neither. Especially when we're talking about these three mothers. I mean, right. it's a, it's basically called the triple goddess. Um, and apparently, the mother of sighs, the mother of tears, the mother of darkness. Uh, f- f- my research said that it, it predates Christianity. It does. Okay. Yes. So this is the, it's triangular. It's it's triple, and um and that's there. You have it right there. It's the all females and it's mother oriented. Right. Yeah. Which and and, and someone that was raised Catholic, I I I'm thinking of um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh well, which, yeah. I mean, there you go. All male. And, well, and, and yeah. The, and then this is very much the matriarchy. Yes. As opposed to the patriarchy. Yes. The, the three mothers versus the three, you know, because you know, it. it I, I'm kind of lost here with the witchcraft thing, but I'm I'm just thinking that yes. The, well, and well, no, and I was going to actually expound on that and, and for, further further your point. When you think of Macbeth and the three witches, um, there are a lot of there are a lot of stories that have three witches. Mm-hmm. So that that Even is a Hocus template. Pocus. Hocus that's Pocus right. Is a good example. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So there's the template right there. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, we watch these movies th- like Hocus Pocus, and we think, okay, well, you know, uh, you know, it's just a movie and it's silly fun. There's more but meaning to it. There is more meaning to there it. Is. There is. There is. Right. I, there I, is. Well, that's the thing. I, I know it's a movie that you refuse to watch, but like, like I, these ideas have to come from somewhere. Well, you, know I mean? you have yeah. you seen The Witch? Yeah, oh, I, right. I was just well. I seen some of it, like, okay. cause I I would watch clips on. I've seen reviews on it, but I remember it. I remember hearing, uh, like, what Andrew said. I think it was cursed or something. Yeah, well, yeah. He, it's so based. Like he was so he wanted to. It, it's, he doesn't even. You mean the lighthouse too? The yeah, director. correct. But yeah. we're talking about the witch is based. He wanted to make it as realistic as possible about uh, about what about this hysteria that happened around the Salem witch trials and, mm. and this kind of this kind of thing and the matriarchy versus the patriarchy um so for me watching like a real good wit like sometimes these witch movies get so goofy and you mm. think of them riding broomsticks <laughs> and Black cat. But there's there's actually a reason for the whole broomstick thing too. Is there? Yeah, and I'll tell you. You know what? I'll tell you after the podcast because it's actually too dark to even mention. Yeah, yeah. And I learned about it recently. Okay. Yeah. So, but 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 like you said, um, sometimes a a, a silly slasher movie is just a silly slasher movie. But again, a lot of these these slasher movies are based on real people, and and uh, us as a society, we are. 
think about how many people are obsessed with true crime and the psychology. Oh, sure. And we yeah. want to get into the head of, of a Jeffrey Dahmer right. or a Ted Bundy. Right. Like, what... There's a part of What's us. The there's disconnect? a part of all of us that have yeah. that in us. So right. That's what they. That's definitely the beast that they feed. Right. Oh, uh, what was I, oh, what was I going to say about that? Though there was something else I was going to say. Oh, in terms of slasher movies, would you call the original Suspiria a slasher movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's interest. It. It's so interesting. It's kind of almost like the the first of slasher movies nope. in a way. It's not Psycho. Psycho, Psycho would have been the first yeah. of a slasher Psycho movie. Psycho was the first. Plus another serial killer. Uh, no, hold on. Oh, a movie that was very overshadowed by Psycho is a movie called Peeping Tom. Okay, which is a brilliant, brilliant movie, uh, an English movie that was made. That it, I'm aware of it. It's yeah. He kill he kills with this camera. Like he, it's okay. a tripod. It's a tripod camera. So he, he stabs. Spot, he spot he by day he's a stalks people. By day he's a mo- uh, he shoots models. Yeah. And by night he's he's stalking them. Okay. But I would say Psycho and <clears throat> but Peeping Tom came out like within months of each other. Those were the first two I would say. So, okay. Given that though, would you think would you would you credit the original Suspiria as starting the whole slasher genre of the early eighties? I mean, I know that would have been like no, several no, years yeah, later. No, nope. there's other okay. movies. Okay. I would again. Okay. Have, I would say Halloween did. Halloween, yeah. Okay, because I think and that was before I, Friday the Thirteenth, right? Yeah. And I think, but I, I mean, Carpenter was very much uh, influenced by Suspiria. Oh yes, even the theme song to to Halloween sounds like the theme song to it Suspiria. Does. And, not, and he and that's well, that's not by coincidence. He no. loved that soundtrack, and was inspired right. by if, it. To, I was going to mention, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a movie before Halloween that never got made. I believe he was talked. It was something. Uh, somebody's watching. Have you heard about this? I have. Yeah, I think John Carpenter made a movie, and I I forgot what happened. It was like a lost movie, but it was called Somebody's Watching, and but I'm this just, was before Halloween. If I'm not, but mistaken. I'm just thinking that uh, yeah. Halloween when it came out was like 77, 78, probably 75. around the same time. I think it was ninety. I think it was seventy. Uh, yeah, maybe seventy eight um, or seventy nine. I think seventy nine. But that was yeah. probably the. The one that really kicked off the whole yes, the genre, slasher. the okay. whole just because uh, just because so many slashers were made by Americans. So I would say, but, but, I would say that the the problem is that a lack of exposure to Argento. I don't think that he gets the credit that he deserves because something like Deep Red. Well, is, is, is which I gotta see. I mean, and if Carpenter was influenced by these movies and by Argento, then ostensibly they did start the whole slasher, right. you know. Right. The, but then, and I go ahead. But I was just gonna say, but I would say that the slasher movies go back to the '60s with Psycho and Gotcha. Tom. Gotcha. Where I'm going with all of this is, it's just interesting to me that a movie like Suspiria, that is a slasher movie for all intents and purposes, has such. Um, such deep, ongoing, profound origins. And I'll back this up with Thomas de Quincey, who's writing, he was a, he was a British writer uh, back in the 1800s. It's his writings that inspired Suspiria. In fact, he has one writing called Suspiria de, de Profundis, which means size, size from the depths. Mm. So this, I mean, th- and I read some of it online. Um, I didn't see much going on in, in terms of the occult. He actually talks about g- God and Christianity, but I couldn't find much in terms of the occult, except 
in the three mothers. He does talk about the three mothers. But to think that this is the foundation and this is the inspiration for Suspiria, which is a slasher movie, you know, and, it's like, and then the artistry around Suspiria itself. It's just, and I don't, and, and I don't, I don't like slasher movies. I've I've grown to not like slasher movies. But how can I not like a movie like Suspiria, for all of its artistry that it has? You know. Yeah. And uh, those and those those murderous well, templates. I mean, I used to actually love the Saw movies. I think I saw all of them. Did you really? Before I disavowed. That's yeah. Shocking. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Saw's, I was into, Saw's like well, the because, most intense. Because of all the thought that was put into those murder pieces, you know, it those had a good pieces, story those, to it. Like the I I, I will no, say, but it's the murders themselves. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, interesting. this is so like well thought out, right, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's the it's the it's the dark side of me where it's just like, if I were to kill someone and but really want them to suffer, I like I like the know? what would you do in this scenario aspect, like like because you know everyone has a different answer. Like, all right, well, if I'm getting my arms chopped off, would I choose my leg or my arm? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like like what would you do in this situation? That that's what I like hearing from people. But I, what you were saying, why would, why would I, it's, I would, I, uh, again, I've done this comparison before on the show. I think it's, you, you could compare it to food. Mm. You can, you can prepare a piece of meat a certain way and that it's, it's a gourmet piece of meat. But if you let it cook too long and it's charred, it's worthless. Okay. <laughs> so if you, if you got a premise for a really good movie, something like Psycho, something like Peeping Tom, which I think are just, really ahead of their times as far as um, slasher movies yeah. and something like the original Halloween. Yeah. It's it's taking a concept but the way that it's handled Yeah. Yeah. Is 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 what what makes it what makes you want to come back like, yeah. like I said, like you compare it to a really good dish at a restaurant. I'm gonna come back like if the restaurant was a director, you'd be like, Well Hitchcock put out Psycho, so I'm gonna revisit Hitchcock yeah. or Jario yeah. Argento put out something like Suspiria and it's generally something maybe I didn't think that I would like. Yeah. You're going to well, come back to it. Yeah. And then but you, I mean, you think about all the, all those fucking Friday the 13th, 13th sequels that yeah. are just right. mindless right. mindless or this. But I think that that stemmed from all of this. That's the thing. So yeah. it's so the bar got lower and lower and lower. Yeah, unfortunately. And, yeah. And yeah. and and to to <laughs> to counter what you're saying like if I went to the four seasons um, and had like a steak that was really well prepared, but I had just decided to become a vegetarian. Yeah, it would be that kind of thing. It would be that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, the... oh, should I? I look so good. Like, I really want to eat this. It's like the, the, the it smells so good. The Whopper versus the Impossible. Yeah, whopper. yeah, a good way to put it. Right, yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you don't eat red meat, no, so you eat those uh, those love, Impossible I, burgers. Yeah, I know. I, I think they're great. And so. inc incidentally, I do know that when Hitchcock did Psycho, I think it was, I th was it right after To Catch a Thief, which is actually one of his most elegant movies? Um, it might have been after the birds. I'm not quite sure. My, I think it was after To Catch a Thief, I though. Think it, I think which Psycho is a, was before the birds. Okay, so, so I think it was after To right. Catch a Thief, which is a beautiful, elegant, you know, um, uh, thief movie, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, with an all-star cast and a big budget and beautiful visuals. He did, it was intentional for him to make Psycho. He wanted to make the type of movie that was being shown uh, at malls in matinees, yeah. like Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Night of the Li Living Dead, um, when that was shown, you know, matinees at the malls 
parents were dropping their children off at the malls while they went shopping. Kids were going to see this movie, and then they were coming out crying. So that's, I mean, so, but Hitchcock, I think he, he knew. He was like, this is, this is what I want to tap into next. Mm-hmm. So he makes a movie called, he makes Psycho, which is a low but ostensibly, uh, you know, kind of a faux low-budget black-and-white movie that looks oh, like it, one of these flicks. For him, flicks. it was very low-budget. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think, yeah, because people were... Um they weren't expecting it. No. I mean, and, in a way, again, he was slumming it, but he wasn't. He was no, reinterpreting it. No. And again, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what works. Uh, uh, something like Argento, early Argento, when you show it to, to people, something like Suspiria, you'll just be like, like, why have I slept on this? I mean, right. Totally. I mean, it reminds me in a lot of ways of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and the way that it's presented. It's just such a, a, a buffet for the you senses. See that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You, it's an onslaught. Because we haven't even talked about the sound design of the original Suspiria. It's, yeah. It doesn't stop. It's, it's pretty much no. unrelenting. And I, I was talking about the new version after we watched it, and I said, even. Even the new version, it doesn't. It's unrelenting in its yeah. sounds and and music and everything. It just doesn't stop. While Even it, if someone's moving, it's like it's jarring. Yeah. You know, if someone's and, moving an ashtray, it's just like yeah, 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 yeah you it's know? very unsettling. <laughs> and again, I think I again um, to me, Argento w- was so he was just so masterful of knowing exactly what he wanted visually. And sonically, he had a specific taste to know mm-hmm. what he wanted to do. Well, the Goblin but, soundtrack was recorded before they shot. It was recorded before they shot, and they really? were yes, at least rough versions of it. So oftentimes he would play the music really loudly, so the actors would be unnerved during during the scenes. Now this was we talked when we watched the original one. We wanted to get the original uh, version of it that wasn't dubbed, and it actually there was no. There was no original version that wasn't dubbed. It was it was shot um, without sound and then overdubbed afterwards in different languages. And a lot of the actresses spoke different languages, which which is where that communication gap goes. It comes in that you notice in the movie that you specifically, Chris, noticed in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and in addition to the basically infantile dialogue that was kept, you know, that sure. way. Sure. And, and and again, I I just got to respect the fact that you know. Um, Someone, when you're dealing with someone that's not in your native language and you had to rec- rely on an interpreter, I could only imagine how frustrated at times he must feel as a creative individual. Well, and the actors themselves, even, you know, trying I, to understand, you know, I mean, I guess, I well, guess they have to just, you know, well, rely on their acting Here's a, here's a funny technique. story about this, the, the, the communication gap. There was... Um, it was funny because I was playing music earlier when you guys came in. You asked me, "Is this Serge Gainsbourg?" Yeah. All right. And I, yeah. I, I said, "No, it's not." It's not. I was listening to the Boredoms, and if you haven't listened to the Boredoms, check out the Boredoms. Great, great group. But there is a talk show where Serge Gainsbourg was on with uh, Whitney Houston, and what he was saying about her was extremely dirty, and the oh. interpreter had to clean it up was cleaning it up <laughs> but he knew that he was cleaning it up yeah. he finally blurted out in broken english no i said i wanted to fuck her <laughs> oh shit so oh my god uh, wow. I, I don't and know. whitney was I, there she's sitting right there on oh, the couch with him right but um but i um i am particularly reminded there was a great a series called masters of horror yeah, I remember. Arte. I know that. Yeah, and he I did, know that. He did yeah. an episode with um, Stephen Weber, 
um, who wrote the uh, script um, about that woman with that Jennifer. face. Yes, Jennifer. That's a great episode. That's a great episode. You haven't so seen I've that. I've seen Kyle? Jennifer. Is that the girl who's like deformed? Yeah, she and she's, but called, she's got a beautiful and she body. Eats a cat and yeah. shit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yes. remember that. But, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Argento, huh? But yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't even know but that. Wow. Know, but yeah. Stephen Weber was talking just about how some of the difficulty as being, you know, n- he didn't know Italian and Argento knew very little English. Oh, really? Just the difficulty that some of the times that he, like, he had understanding. Not only being the lead in the movie, but he had written the script. He had adapted the script of Jennifer, so he was also trying to get his script across, and he was talking about the difficulties, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. It is. I criticize, that was a good I movie. So underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. criticize later Argento, and if you've seen later Argento, he really fell off in the the, the late nineties to the two thousands, his two episodes of Masters uh, Masters of Horror still kept the flame alive for me that he is capable of making good, good. stuff. What was the other one besides Jennifer? What was Pelts? Because I watched all of those. I think Pelts is disturbing. It has meatloaf in it. Oh, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay, later. fine. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying. So I I could see that. Um, so I I think that something like Suspiria. Despite the fact that my biggest criticism of watching Argento films is the poor dubbing, the fact I, that, I love it though. I tell you, I love it. You kind I, of yeah. learned to love yeah. it at first. Yeah. It kind of bugged me. <laughs> um, in particular, upon this rewatch, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Udo Kier." That is not Udo Kier speaking, though. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Because I know what Udo Kier sounds like. He's got a very thick German accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and you've got this guy speaking, uh, you know, crystal clear English. <laughs> um, but I think, whereas certain directors would never be able to translate past that, that people would get hung up on that dubbing. The fact that Argento has constructed such masterful movies, despite the fact that you can say, Ooh, the lips don't match up with the dialogue, his visuals and his like his choice of 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 casting actors and his visual style and the the, the just the the fact that he's got people like Goblin constructing his music. But he's putting in like little whispers, and it's so grinding. I mean, but and and I love the fact that it'll come to a complete halt, and then there'll be silence. Oh, with yeah. the music, you mean? Yes, like that. She she closes the door on the right. soundtrack at one point. She it's, slams the door, and the, the the soundtrack stops. Stops completely. It's like yeah. so. Like I. That's why I like have such respect for Argento because other directors, I think, would get so hung, like they would get so criticized that he is able to overcome these obstacles because he creates such, movies yeah, in such a fantastic world. Right. It reminds me of that. He's Baz telling a story Lur- with all that. Like. Yeah. I, he, he totally is. Just with the visuals alone. Just, yeah. you, can turn out, you can turn off even the soundtrack and just watch it and, and get the story from that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, it reminds me of Baz Luhrmann, who did Elvis, um, and also yeah, my favorite, yeah, yeah. Moulin Rouge. But it, it, he is so fantastical. His movies are so fantastic that it's kind of like, I mean, he's, he said on the set of Moulin Rouge, he was like, I dare anyone to tell me I'm going too far. So when you've got that kind of conceit going on, yeah. you, the, you know, there's no limit. 
And so you're immersed in this world. And it doesn't even, I mean, it, it, it's so fantastic and it's so dreamlike. It's like, okay, well, that's not their voice and it's not matching up with their lips. You could have a dream like that. Right. <laughs> you know? And, 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 and <clears throat> something like Suspiria is pretty easy to follow. I, I would argue that... The, the new one is not. Yeah, I was going to say, the <laughs> new one <laughs> is... Something like um, Inferno is very, like, plot-wise. If you thought Suspiria had little plot, Inferno is very... Like you is said, it even more minimal? It's v- I I, but, I vaguely remember it. I remember but, that building. But again, his visuals, visuals alone, yeah. like you could be like these are the kind of like if I coin a new phrase here, movies for the deaf. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, like yeah. You don't even need like even just reading the. the he could have a silent subtitle. film, in other words, too. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that that he has such such an eye for visual storytelling that is pretty much it's it's i'm gonna say it's almost unmatched yeah i would say but and and then the people that have been influenced by him you brought up uh carpenter yeah the palma yeah and i was telling you i was showing you um there's a scene in suspiria that i just realized where she's walking through blue Blue velvet. Curtains. That's right, and that it looks just like a just David Lynch, like, yeah, let me like see. blue velvet. Just, oh, just there's like a that. scene where is. she is David walking is yes. right through blue velvet curtains. It, it, it looks just like. Wow, it, I mean, Chris is like showing that. us the cover of his new. Uh, is it Criterion? Criterion, Criterion DVD like, for nice. blue velvet. That's a and sick it's got, cover it's got the. Yeah, it, it's like a deep, deep indigo velvet curtain that and is used so, in like, that. Okay. Is, there's the same thing in Suspiria. So, like, that's that's the thing. When, the, when in, in, in any good director will tell you that if you're going to steal, you steal from the best. <laughs> right, right. You so, steal big. Yeah. yeah, you steal big. Now, you mentioned Inferno. Um, I, I want to touch really quickly on the fact that in both Inferno and Suspiria, uh, one of the main characters in those movies is the building itself. Yes. And we're going to be doing burnt offerings before Halloween. That's another one where the building mm. itself, the house itself, is a character. And right. these buildings contain, basically they contain evil. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that those, those influences, like you said, burnt offerings. And now I'm just thinking of... Um the first season of American Horror Story. Right, that, that house. Yes. That house. Yes. Right. That's yes. right. So like Murder these, house. Yeah. these So in- like the yeah, like this energy can be contained within structures. So it's just interesting to me that you like you would just think even if you haven't seen a Dario Argento movie, you kind of have. Because it's, it's almost everywhere. It's everywhere. Because, yeah, yeah. I, uh, like Hitchcock. It all stems from him. Yeah, it's like, but, yeah. But, and, and this is this is what I love about doing these shows is because when, once you find like a new director, you want to find out who influenced this director. And I do the same thing with music. If I find a band I really like, I'm like, who? What are their inspirations? What were their inspirations? Yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the bands that were inspired by them. I want to hear about the bands that inspired this group that I really, really love. Right. Well, yeah. a lot of rock and roll that I enjoyed, yeah. I was like, I, I looked for their sources, and usually it was black musicians. Oh, I yeah. I was like, let's go to the real thing. Oh, I was going to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you love the Rolling Stones. It's right. It's because you love Chuck Berry and Ro- R&B. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, Mick Jagger would even tell you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So, um, just amazing to me. Um, but, yes, the, 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 the big criticism that I have with the new movie is... 
Um, I, re- I, I and I didn't get it for the first time around. The, the the reason for all this like political stuff that's going on with Berlin. It, um, we should tell the viewer it takes place in 77, 1977, the same year as the original Suspiria. Right. So um, go on, sorry. But I was just going to say the reason for it is that it gives the coven. But this isn't like it, this isn't expressively clear in the movie. You kind of have to interpret it. The the reason for all this political stuff is they're kind of using this political activism as a way of these girls disappearing and 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 well, giving a proper excuse to the authorities. They'll be like, "Oh, she was a revolutionary. Yeah, she was. She was making bombs in the she basement. Was, yeah. She was making right. Molotov cocktails. Right. Right. cocktails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if if you, I mean, I, I won't go total conspiratard here, but I will say that in in that vein, if you think, well, if you think about, like, if you think about a lot of things that happened on the news as staged events, they're a distraction from oh, yeah. the actual thing going on. Sure. So in this respect, yeah, I totally see where you're right. coming from. Like, there was so much of it in, in the new version. Right. I just, I mean, like, you know. like, oh, she was a political activist. You don't have to look into this. This. Um... I actually have a question, because yeah. this, yes. this is interesting. So, do you think that, like, some directors are kind of like a cry for help by displaying their like like their film are they trying to like show symbols of something that maybe they know more than what we the, yes, everyone else knows I do now, would you know a specific movie or, or, or Kubrick. director Kubrick yeah I would even say The Shining Shining and we could get we could get into that but there is actually a documentary called Room whatever that Two, room three, is yes yes yeah, that I, I that touches that. upon that yeah 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 so oh, yes wow. yes that in 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 that documentary they talk about how The Shining was Kubrick's way of expressing certain things. Well, I'll leave it at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if you're aware, but um, it's just interesting you you brought that up. Not, yeah. not necessarily a cry for help, but um, the director of the new 2018 Suspiria... Well, I, when I say cry for help, I mean, like, for example, like, maybe they're, they're just... Trying to bring attention to yeah, something. Yeah, they're trying to bring attention to something that's that maybe... Or maybe, like, they're trying to, like... Maybe it is, like, a cry for Like, maybe they're just trying to say, hey, you know... There's something that I know that you guys should know before it's too late for me, type of thing. But so th- he. I don't know if that's too deep, but Luca. <laughs> no, I. I I'm, agree. Not, I'm not even going to try yeah. to. I'm not even going to attempt to to because uh, I will butcher his last name. Yeah. Um, is is openly gay, and he says that his movies are to him. He said Suspiria is his most personal movie because it's a movie about an outcast, and that he said that growing up. N- as a uh, as as a gay man, um, he felt like an outcast. So Suspiria, he said that was his most personal movie. And this why? is why. Who's the outcast? Jessica Harper. Um, I get. Um, yeah, he's saying that she's the outcast because she's the outcast of the family. Remember, because her mother said. That and is this mother, in the new version? Yes, the in new the new version. version. The new version. Because she's Amish. Yes, her yeah. mother says that she is a sin. What is she? She says, "I have this. She is this. My youngest. She is the sin that I have smeared on the world." Yeah. Um. So he felt, and and this is coming from a, a man who who, who uh, directed a very, um, what I would think would be more personal story about. Uh, Two gay men of different uh, varying of uh, with an age gap. Oh, you're talking about the director of the new version yes. of Suspiria. Go yes. on. Yes. Okay, but he said that the, uh, Suspiria to him is his most personal movie, and it was just dealing the with the original people. one. 
or his I'm his, sorry, I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. his, his 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 version of Suspiria is very personal to him to because him. it's a, about a girl who's an outcast and he understood that. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So, gotcha. Um, yeah. Because that was never anything that I really thought about until I, until I read that about him. I'm like, oh, interesting. Because he was well. I mean, if you think about all the you know. I was one of them. I fled my little, little small town and moved to New York to become a performer. So that happens in droves. Right. You know, so, with, so he with, said, <laughs> not only, yeah. not only yeah. with his sexuality, but his uh, obsession with horror movies, with Dario Argento made him okay. an outcast. Okay. Where people were seeing all these big mainstream movies, he was seeking out yeah. some of the indie stuff. I mean, I was into horror yeah. movies at a young age, and there may have been an element of that as well, especially Salem's Lot, which I watched over and over again on HBO. So the and there's, there's, that, there's actually a boy in Salem's Lot who's obsessed with horror movies. Um, yeah. Who who becomes a vampire? Right. And, yeah, and I so always, I, I really that did resonate with me. I remember. And, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I I when I was younger, I read at a, 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 an age much higher than my grade level. I was reading I was reading Stephen King in the third and fourth grade. Oh my god! Damn. Um, okay. I so I, I can, wish I had the attention span at that age because I <laughs> I grew up a hyperactive kid. I had ADHD, especially back then. Forget it. Like I. Like I, when I was watching horror, it was always like for just like dumb stuff, like like the kill count, the, the body right. count, the, <laughs> right. you know, Jason, Fr- Jason, Chucky, all them. Like I was yeah. always, that, that's how, yeah, yeah. But I also think it's an age thing too. We, I like when I was when I was a teenager in my early twenties, like I was, I loved the Saw movies and all that kind of stuff because I wanted to see the most gruesome way. Now I want a good story. I want yeah, good yeah. narrative. Yeah. I want, a good I want narrative. technical aspects that that. What? This this makes me think of my first experience seeing a horror movie. Actually, I was a child. I was a child. Okay, yeah. and I believe I was in Beirut with my parents, and my father. I was with my father, and he was asleep on the couch. Okay, and I was sitting on the floor, and on the TV was a horror movie, and I don't know what it was. But this woman falls into a pit. Um, yeah, into a pit on like a mound of. I don't know what, like gunk or something, and she rolls to the bottom, and when she rolls to the bottom, this person, this like zombie or man or something, comes out of the pile of rubble and starts walking towards her. I was scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. I cannot even tell you. It was yeah, all I could it puts do. A memory. It was yeah. all I could do to shimmy across the floor and hold my father's arm. Yeah. I just had to hold him. I had to hold, and he slept through the whole you know, thing. But I couldn't even wake him up. I was too scared to do that. But all I, I just had to put my hands around his arm so I had yeah. my dad there, you know, while I was being scared out of my wits yeah. by this thing on the little TV. I missed that because I, I can't think of the last one that actually scared me. For me, it was always <laughs> clowns because... Oh, yeah. Like, I'll always have it? this permanent... Yeah, but it's kind of worse because... My grandmother, whenever she would, because, um, you know, she had this big bedroom, and, and then that was my room, and I'd put on it, and I remember that sewer scene. Yeah, she had they all these, fuck down here, Georgie. Yeah, and they yeah. had, but she had these old paintings of clowns. I don't know why the fuck she loved clowns so much. <laughs> she had, like, a clown in the saxophone, very old, very creepy clown pictures, sad clowns crying. I'm like, and ever since i seen that, I swear to God, like, to this day, I'll never, nothing will scare me more. Uh, so you never scene. you never had a clown at your birthday? Fuck no. <laughs> even the even the Ringland Brothers. I like when I went to the circus. I never liked clowns. Like, I always liked clowns. <laughs> uh, Jaws I don't mind them now. Jaws now I don't. Scared Jaws scared. did it. Jaws terrified me. And it's my favorite funny movie. Enough, I, I, Is it? Well, my top. 
Top five is Scarface, Jaws, The Thing. Oh, wow. Um, you've got all the big big guys up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you've the got Shining. Palma, you've got uh, Spielberg, you've got... Uh, My fifth favorite movie Carpenter. or not is, like, is Willy Wonka, actually. Oh, the original? Yeah, the original. Yeah. That, Which that's... has a terrifying scene. Yeah. It, well, there's a, when they go through that tunnel, there's you see a chicken getting its head cut off yeah. in that. Yeah. But I, yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. When they go through that tunnel, that's that one of the images. fucking scene with the guy with, um, what's, um, you know when he has the, he has like the butcher knives on it, he's like walking through. Uh, like that whole movie, they, they did a, they it's retwisted. Yeah, they, they did a whole thing, like a documentary thing of how that's a horror movie and like, well, like what happened to the kids, you know, they well, were like, and, and, and its origin yeah. is Roald Dahl. I mean, oh, he's, he's very he, twisted he, in his writings. And yeah. if you really think, if you break it down, all those kids are dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for them to yeah. make to, to make a spoof of that. I'm sure they're going ah, to. No, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying I would want it, but listen, I. Yeah. Listen, well, you know who they wanted originally for Willy Wonka in the original? Tell me. They wanted Fred Astaire. Really? I think he turned it down. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. So <laughs> I would have never thought of that. I know. I know. We went completely off the rails here. Oh, I know. I know. I know. No, it's all right. It's I love right. it. I love these we're, talks. We're though. talking about being yeah. scared. You know. So, um. Any final thoughts wrapping up Suspiria? Oh, yeah. Go I mean, ahead, for me, I just love this movie, and I'm so glad I, I got to come here with people that actually love this movie because there's not a lot of people that watch these movies, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of these new mo- like new heads are coming in, like, I'm not saying they're going to go away or anything. These movies will stand the test of time, but, like, revisiting a movie and then talking about a remake just, just it, it brings so much joy to my life. So being with you guys means the world. Right so, on, dude. Yeah. So... Who would you recommend the original Suspiria to? Anybody. I would say, I really yeah. Would. Even I mean, people even, that don't like horror. Even like, Actually, I wouldn't to people who cannot gore. stomach gore at all. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I would, yeah, like my mother, into, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, anyone who's not into gore, of course. But, like, honestly, I grew up watching horror movies at a very young age. So, like, and I, I, it didn't mess with me. So, I, hopefully I'm not a bad influence for saying this. But I would even show my kid if, if it was, like, maybe seven or... Around there, I Kyle. Mean, that's terrible. Just because you watched this stuff when you were four I know, years I old. know. I'm a, I'm a bad parent. <laughs> I didn't because I started getting into creature feature and creature double feature on TV when I was like, I guess around ten years old. So I would. You remember, I, you remember I when they had wait. that on every Saturdays? They would have like the monster. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In his defense, yeah. though, you never know what's going to scare someone because I will tell you this: this is probably a story I've never told before. Yeah. I was shown Ghostbusters, and that's creepy. There's a I was fine night. with everything except marshmallow. Very no marshmallow. Oh. I loved it. Okay, but that opening scene where that old lady librarian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that scared <laughs> fuck. scary shit. Out of wasn't wasn't Ghostbusters originally written to be a yeah, straight up horror movie? Yeah, rated horror movie. Yeah, they were gonna travel to different dimensions and battle ghosts. Yeah, uh, and uh, eventually we'll get to what Dan Aykroyd, if he's allowed to make a horror comedy. Is, oh, that's right. Um, yeah, what the one that you showed me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we'll get to that. But you never know what's going to scare kids. Like some kids will be fine with it. Yeah, uh, you're you never, right. And you, you don't know how really, they're going to react. You never that's really true. know because my parents. Because the rest of Ghostbusters, I was fine with. But that first scare. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. It is. <laughs> like, when did, but, how old were you when you saw that? Five. Oh, that'll geez, do it. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it to yeah. you. But again, like you know, the rest of Ghostbusters. Although there are some very inappropriate things in Ghostbusters, yeah, that w- the eighties was chock full of. There's the, a ghost blowjob in. Bo- 
<laughs> That's right. It, yeah. Is it Rick Moranis who no, gets it? No, it's Dan Aykroyd. It's Dan Aykroyd. He, he, yeah, his pants unzip and he, his eyes roll back in his head. I don't know how that flew. But that's <laughs> crazy. But, um, so, but, that's so, crazy. But um, here's the thing with Suspiria. Um, if you haven't seen it, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. And dig deep into some early Argento. Yeah. Um, uh, you will not be disappointed if you're a horror fan and you haven't mm-hmm. checked out um, Argento. Um, his his stuff in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I would say that if you're a fan of um, art house horror, then I would recommend the new one. <laughs> it's um, so grueling it to is. sit through. But I feel like I'm people... watching like a foreign film that is, I mean, it's like the whole two and a half hour thing, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's uh, too long. It's too long. It did that, drag at some point, moments, but it does get intense. Yeah, no, and, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. And I do have an appreciation for it. Well, Don't get me wrong, well, but I mean, a, I just really, it was, it was really dark. And, and, and the, hard the for me to of, sit if you're having an, uh, an intel, uh, if you're having a conversation with an intelligent movie lover, they will be able to differentiate between, I like this movie. And, and, I and I respect this, this movie. movie. Yeah. And also um, just the ending of the new one was just, it was too, that whole ritual was way too much for me. I felt like I had to go home and pray for my soul after watching <laughs> that. Seriously, I felt like I was watching the real deal yeah. in, that it, in that it was invoking a demonic spirit. But it I'm really gonna, did feel that way. But before I let you, I'm going to let you have the final word, Andrew. But before I do, um, Suspiria is a bona fide cult movie. I would not be surprised if this 2018 over the course of years becomes one as well becomes a cult, a cult movie. movie and you don't even like to to predict something like I that I don't but I I <laughs> think hmm that's interesting I, and I have a I have a reason for this specifically um and it is someone we haven't brought up on the on this this talk Maya Goth is now like the new face of horror yeah and it's funny that X- she's got that name too well it, well Here's well here she's a great actress. Terrible taste in men. But okay. She's married to Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But that being said, so I can I like him. Do you? Yeah. You're he's, fired. He's he's, <laughs> he's he's head hacked. I mean, he's been through. He's been through. I mean, did you see Honey? Is it Honey Boy that he? Well, he directed? did. That was a good movie. Uh, I mean, I know, you, you uh, see what he went through to become he? a star. Anyway. He plays his father. He plays his father, who was his manager and his agent. Wow. The guy, the the kid, he went through. Uh, it. He's sure, I feel I feel sorry for any child actor. For the most part, they they come out of the industry, but I think. Um, since she's the new face of horror, people are going to start di- diving into her filmography more. I think that um, Luca. Again, I'm not even going to tr- attempt to um, to talk about his last name because I, I I'll butcher it. I, I think as he progresses as a filmmaker, people are going to start to rediscover it. Um, I also think that just if if for nothing else, this movie is worth watching. Because if you if you could honestly go into this movie and tell me that you knew that that was Tilda Swinton underneath all those prosthetics playing Yosef Kemper, you're lying. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, how, how familiar are you with her work? Because she's always been like this. 
No, she's weird. Yeah. But but and have you seen o- Oleana? No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she doesn't do prosthetics like that, but she plays. I think the first half she's male, and the second half she's female. She insisted, even, because there's a scene where she's in full prosthetics as an old man. Uh, she insisted on wearing the prosthetic penis, <laughs> even when oh, fully God. clothed. So I don't know what that says about her. Well, but that's I mean, how. Any... <laughs> Actor worth his salt or her salt should do that. I was gonna say, yeah. did they get any awards for any of this? Like any of the movie as far as like as far, makeup or anything? No, or which nothing? I'm kind of surprised because the prosthetic work is amazing. Yeah. Okay. What about both? I'm sure the original got some sort of awards, you must know, have. in in Italy. It must have. It, it probably at least did. for design. And it probably got some Saturn direction. awards. Saturn focuses on sci-fi and horror movies. Okay, um, I didn't. That's right, we're dealing with horror. They don't really give shit to horror movies. Well, but something like, I mean, you know, it can happen. It can. Carrie Carrie became Oscar. Silence of the Lambs was a horror movie. That's right. So, Uh, uh, but I'm going to leave the final word to Mr. Andrew. Well, I'm just going to go over a little bit of trivia that I didn't mention that's in my notes. Uh, going back to Jessica Harper, um, she be- she beat out Linda Ronstadt for Phantom of the Paradise and turned down a role in Annie Hall to do uh, Suspiria. So that's kind of interesting. Um, the three-strip Technicolor process actually was red, green, and blue that they would uh, splice together. Okay. So that's interesting as well. Um, the use of water in the original, uh, well, in both versions, actually, the rain... So much water going on, and it's almost like the spirits are in the water itself, you know, coming down from the sky. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I noticed that in the opening sequence of the original where, as I said, the water going down into the sewers, it's just like the demons are in the rain and the water and everywhere all around you, like acid rain. Uh, what else? 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 Joan Bennett, who's in the original, was uh, famous for being in Dark Shadows, which oh. is interesting. She was one of she the was original, in, not the the original. Okay, the original Dark Shadows. Yeah, and yeah. she was in the original Suspiria, and she was um, uh, who was she? Miss Tanner, I think she was Miss Tanner. It's also interesting that there was a Madame Blanc, and that uh, Helena Marcos was called the Black Witch. So you've got the Black Witch, you've got the White Witch mm. going on there, uh, and then you've got Joan Bennett as Miss Tanner. Argento himself is very interesting in terms of his association with the occult, as well as his daughter Asia, Asia. who Asia, who was uh, who spearheaded the Me Too movement, and then shortly afterwards, her boyfriend Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain died. Also, uh, also uh, interesting about her because I was a little bit obsessed with her because she's is beautiful. She's yes, she is. Yes, she is. Um, she, she spearheaded the Me Too movement and then had it turned against her because it turned out that she was a little inappropriate with one of her male co-stars. A 17-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I didn't know something, that. Yeah. Something, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they were in a hotel room together, I think. Um, Argento, uh, I, I don't know if you came across this in your research, but he said there's nothing to joke about when it comes to witchcraft. Oh, what? <laughs> There you go. Case in point, you know what? We should end the episode on that. I was going to 